Hi, everyone. Very excited to drop our latest episode focused on one of the most crucial public spaces in the entire city, the Woodbury Public Library. I got to sit down with Michelle Yeager, the director of the Woodbury Public Library, alongside Leah Clem and Kaylin Roger, who respectively are the outgoing and incoming chairs for the Friends of the Public Library. This was such an important conversation to have as we start to see restrictions being lifted for public spaces like libraries, and how folks like Michelle, Leah, and Kaylin have been moving their work forward despite these difficult times. Little bit of a disclaimer, I was not recording at my usual recording site, so the audio is not up to my standards at all, but it's what we've got, and I hope you enjoy listening regardless. Great. So I'm here with Michelle Yeager, Leah Clem, and Kaylin Roger, all from the Woodbury Public Library. Leah and Kaylin are part of the Friends of the Public Library, and Michelle is the director. I'm really excited to have you all here. How are you guys doing? Great, thank you. Doing great, thanks for having us. Of course. So I wanna jump right in. We have a three-way combo going on, so I'm gonna do my best to try and moderate this as best as possible. But Michelle, you are the director of the the library. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your connection with Woodbury. So um, I am the library director. I actually was born and raised in Woodbury. So I've lived here about 40 years, except for going to college and going to grad school. Um, So that I have a direct connection to Woodbury. And Leah and Kayla, what about you? Uh, So I um, am from Amelia Island, Florida, and moved up here for work about five years ago. Um, I worked in Center City at the Rick Carlton Hotel, and my husband and I met in Philly, and got married and decided to buy a house in Woodbury about three years ago. And here we are. Nice. Yeah. And Leah, what about you? I have been a resident for nearly 20 years now. Um, I bought my mom's house. My mom actually lived in the house before me. I bought that from her. Um, And so we've been here, my husband and I now together for about a decade. And I was there for about 10 years before that. And I, worked nonprofit uh, for the Girl Scouts for many years. And so my first actual volunteerism in the city of Woodbury was through Girl Scouting. um, And it was actually at the Woodbury Public Library. And I always credit the library with any kind of social life that I have in Woodbury. Everybody I know, I connect through the Woodbury Public Library. So um, that's been my main connection with the town. That's great. Leah kind of just touched on it. So for Kaylin and, and Michelle, what about the library? Like, what was your first interaction with the Woodbury Library? So I grew up going to the library when it was in City Hall. I remember take, going to events and programs in the basement where they also kept the magazines. I got kicked out in <laughs> middle school or high school because we were giggling too much. Yeah. But it wasn't until I was a librarian for about 10 years or so and I had I had bought a house in Woodbury and I started volunteering with Woodbury Old City Restoration Committee. I think that's where I started to kind of put a little more effort back into doing some community work and it's through those connections that I actually learned about this position. Hmm. So I credit my connection there with learning about the position. I was working at the Cherry Hill Library at the time. Okay cool. And Kaylin, what about you? 
So I was not as involved in the community, admittedly, because I was working in Center City and working a lot. Uh, but my husband and I had our first child in late November, and that really got me interested in what was going on in the community. I decided to slow down at work, and I always grew up going to the library. It's something that I have great memories of, and I want my son to obviously have those same experiences. So that kind of piqued my interest, and then I saw a Facebook post saying that they were looking for some additional help. Um, with the friends of the library, and I thought, what a great opportunity. Yeah, yeah, so that's, a, I think that's a great segue. So I know, Leah, you're kind of outgoing right now as the uh, the chair for the friends, and Kaylin, you're coming in, but between the two of you, give me a little bit of a sense of what the Friends of the Public Library is about, what it does, and some context around that component of the library. Sure. So the Friends of the Woodbury Public Library is a registered 501c3, so an actual nonprofit uh, organization. And our mission is to support the library through initiatives, fundraising, volunteerism, and advocacy. And the goal of that is to provide funding for the services and initiatives that aren't going to be covered by the library's typical yearly budget. And so we've been able to you know, we're a very small group, but we've been around since the 80s. And we've been able to, you know, for many, many years now, provide opportunities that they might have missed out on if the friends hadn't existed. Some of our programs that we fund are the 2019 and even before that museum pass program, where residents can take out passes and get into museums for free, which is a really wonderful program and more expensive than I think people realize. We support a uh, 1,000 Books Before Kindergarten initiative. Uh, we support summer reading programs for all levels, children's, teens, and adults. We've provided funding for large print and audio books, which the library calls their Serving All Abilities initiative. We provide audio picture books, and we've also um, ensured that some of the certified librarians, Michelle and, and David, were able to go to some professional development opportunities that the regular budget didn't cover. Wow, that's great. So it sounds like a really strong support net for the work that the library does. I sure hope so. I think so. <laughs> it sounds like it. I mean, so, you know, Kaylin, you're, you're coming into this new. What is your kind of hope or, or vision for how to continue to, to do that supporting uh, work for the library. So we were actually just kind of meeting and discussing prior to this meeting. Um, and I think that I've had a lot of experience fundraising and doing different drives in the nonprofit sector, but now it's going to be a little different after COVID and us all being at home, you know, we're going to have to get creative and start moving to digital platforms. Um, so I think that that's going to be my biggest focus coming into this role is knowing that we're likely all going to be at home for a little while longer. How do we still bring the community together and, and keep up those fundraising efforts because the library is still going to need that additional funding? Sure. And I, I want to try and tie this into what the, the library is actually doing. So, Michelle, tell me mm -hmm. a little bit about, you know, some of the programs and services, the activities that, that the library provides. Sure. So um, how much time do you have? <laughs> I've got uh, all the time that you need. <laughs> I know that you've got a uh, story time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, most people, when they think of the library, they think of story time. That's the first thing they think of. It's probably the first introduction most people have to the library. That's definitely still true. That's our bread and butter, as we would call it. But we definitely do a lot of other programming. We do after school programming for teens as well as events for adults. 
a lot of our time is also spent helping people apply for jobs online, as well as navigating the unemployment system, which is definitely going to be a vital resource as the city is kind of making its way back to economic recovery. I think we're going to see the next couple years is going to be really tough. Um, And I see that role of the library really growing. It was already one of the probably the main things that we do on a day-to-day basis. And I expect that to be true even more so now that we're in the position we, we are in. But besides that, we also do outreach to the community. We do school visits. We host school field trips in the facility. We also do monthly trips to the senior assisted living, the MUSE and other senior living facilities. So we try to get out in the community as much as we can with the staff that we do have, as well as providing programming inside of the library. Yeah, that's great. So Caitlin brought this up, but I'm wondering, you know, now obviously is a very different time given the pandemic and the, I I know that some of the restrictions are being lifted specifically for libraries for the governor recently, but I'm wondering, you know, what steps have been taken or or planning to be taken to really try and think about how to continue providing this really crucial service, even though it's really difficult to, to provide such a service without kind of physically being in the space librarians specifically have had to really think outside of the box in the ways that they can continue doing their work. So I'm wondering what what are some of the things that the library's been doing since the pandemic hit? So I think the, the great thing about libraries and librarians is we've always had to kind of think outside of the box and think creatively. So we're kind of used to gauging what the community needs and then adapting how we serve the community. This was definitely an extraordinary case of a situation in which we had to adapt. Libraries across the country, though, really rose to the occasion. We moved all of our services online. We were still answering calls and emails at home, as well as making library cards. We made over 1,200 library cards. We made virtual library cards for every public student in Woodbury. Because not everyone has the luxury of having a library at home and their school library was closed as well as our city library was closed. Right. So, you know, they did have laptops at home, but the school has limited resources in that area. So we partnered with the school and we created a virtual library card for every student that didn't have one so that they could have access to eBooks and audiobooks at home. As we started to open back up, we've, now converted to curbside pickup, which you saw a lot of businesses do. We've also followed that model so that we can keep our staff and the community safe. Mm -hmm. So right now we're in curbside mode. And then the next step before we fully reopen, we're going to be able to operate at about 25% capacity. So what we're going to do is kind of do like a walkthrough service and a computer by appointment so that we can make sure that everyone is still staying safe while we provide service. And the other thing, if I can go back, I kind of missed that we put a lot of our services online. So Storytime went online, and then we created Service Tab for mental health resources, which not only was important before this pandemic, but I think especially important for those struggling to kind of cope with the situation at hand. And then we also made sure that we had vetted resources online for coronavirus for people to look at. There's a lot of 
misinformation out there. So we really wanted people to use us as a trusted source. And I think people historically have come to us for Mm -hmm. accurate information. Yeah, I think that's really important. I want to put it on the back burner for a second, but I want to make sure that we touch on this this idea of libraries. Some people call it um, anchor institutions, right? They're not places that usually move very often, and they're ones that provide such a, an important community service to the to their communities. And so I want to jump to that in a second, but just really quickly on a higher level, you know, we're we're talking about all of the services that are provided through the library and the ones that are supported in the library from. The friends, I'll start with Leah, you know, what are some of the things that you think are most important about what libraries do for communities? And particularly, what are some of the, the impacts or the things that are most important that the library does in Woodbury? Yeah, I mean, so many things. A lot of talk goes on in Woodbury, and I'm sure communities across the country about having a third space. You know, it's become the kind of new buzzword, but the place that's not home or work or school where you can go, you can meet people, you can connect, and libraries have been that space without getting the recognition for it for years. And I think every time I walk in the Woodbury Public Library, you know, it's not your regular stuffy institution, I think, that most people think of or you see on a sitcom where you're getting shushed. You know, there's always people meeting, connecting, the meeting rooms are getting used, There are art installations and book clubs and, you know, and kids and and grownups on the computers getting assistance with the things that they need. So we talked in our meeting right before this with our new friends group, who doesn't support literacy, you know, whatever. But it's so much more than that. And it's just it's a really wonderful space for our community to gather together that if it didn't exist, those resources aren't anywhere else in this city for people. I mean, look around, it's just not there. And the library certainly expects and deserves a level of respect for the services that they pick up on behalf of the rest of the city. Yeah, absolutely. Kaylin, what about you? To echo what Leah said, it's definitely a, a great place for social interaction. It's a great place to meet people in the community. And I think in these times, it's also an escape. We were talking about kind of everything going on with the pandemic, and it's a time more than ever that people want to think about something else, open their minds up to something else. I feel like we're hit with so much negativity every time we turn on the phone. So yeah, I think I think this is a great resource for people. Yeah. And obviously, Michelle, I'm sure that you have a very strong take on why you think libraries are important. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might have a little biased or vested interest. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think if anything else, the pandemic has kind of brought everyone back to basics and kind of shown a light on things that we may have taken for granted before. And also with a lot of things going on in the country without getting too political, people really need to pay attention to what's going on. And we need to recognize what what's going on around us, what services are being offered. I don't think libraries should be taken for granted. I think as people look to be more and more involved, that they should recognize the good work that the library's done. And funding for libraries is important. It's not an expense to the city. It should be seen as an investment. The taxpayers are already paying that money. It's one of the most visible things that the residents are seeing in return for the taxes that they're paying. Not everyone can go to the bookstore, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. People not everyone even educate. has a safe place to go every day, right. you know, not. Right. Yeah, and I'm glad we're bringing this up because like I said, you know, I think that libraries specifically provide such a really interesting community service in so many ways. And I'm wondering, to, you know, Kaylin, we'll start with you. I, I want to get your thoughts on when you're thinking about community development, right? When you're, when you're investing in people in terms of skills and knowledge and assets, what do you think is the library's role and kind of position in a, in a city or in a community to do that? I mean, I just think it's everything. I, I remember my childhood and, you know, we were not as financially well off as many of the other kids that I went to school with. And it was a great resource for my mom to take my sister and I to the library and we were able to read, we were excited, we were able to rent VHS back when that was a thing. You know, they had movies and things like that. And we, we enjoyed it. We loved it. We yeah. met different people in our community. And like I said, I, I'm not a huge frequenter of the library, but I do have my son and I want him to have those same experiences. And prior to getting involved with the Friends of the Library, I did find out about some pretty drastic budget cuts to our local library. And that really concerned me because I do think that education of our youth and any of our residents is having access to, you know, the internet and the computers and all of the services that they provide. It's, to me, it's a non-negotiable. A lot in Texas to live here in Woodbury and of all things to be cut, that's just simply not one of them in my opinion. So yeah, it was important for me to get involved and see what I could do on the fundraising efforts just to try to make sure that we have those services for everybody in our community. Yeah, definitely. Leah, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on a library's role in community development. Well, we expect our libraries to be jacks of all trades on a shoestring budget, I think. You hear the things that Michelle brought up that the library provides, tax resources, career opportunities, and searching. And these are services that people get paid a lot of money to assist people with. And the library is, I feel, taken for granted that they're also providing those resources for those who couldn't afford to go out and pay for it. And in communities like Woodbury, that's a substantial portion of our community. Hmm. And so to think that the resources that we are already receiving may be reduced due to this pandemic or to a political climate is incredibly disheartening. Sure. Um, they're, they're just expected to do so much. You know, not everyone has a computer at home. Well, that's fine. They have a computer at the library. Well, if the library's budget is cut and a computer breaks and they can't afford to replace it, what are those people supposed to do who are then utilizing those resources? So that's really what I think of the library. They just are expected to be everything to everyone and, ev and everyone is able to just take them for granted. And I shouldn't say everyone because we have so many wonderful community members and so many people who donate to the friends mm -hmm. um, year after year and come to the events and, and utilize the services where even if maybe they could afford to go to Barnes and Noble, they're still coming to the library because yeah. they see the value in it. So I shouldn't say everyone, but it's just very disheartening climate to think about losing these vital community resources in favor right. of other things. Sure. And Michelle, what about you? So libraries are one of the last truly democratic institutions. We offer open and equal access to everyone, regardless of political belief, race, creed, religion. And I know a lot of people right now are looking to become more educated. We are that educational institution, and we are there for people when they want to, you know, just learn more about whatever topic it might be. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that you've all hit on something really important, you know, is libraries aren't just necessarily one little jewel in a, in a community's crown. It pretty much encompasses almost everything that a community is, everything that a community does, especially internet access and accessibility for, you know, underserved communities or low-income communities. The, the One of the only, if not the only places I can think of that you can still kind of direct a person to go to is a library. They don't have access to, to internet or a computer. You know, there isn't like a public Starbucks where you can go and, you know, a coffee shop or, or anything like that where you can go and just jump in and, and use the computer. So I definitely think that it's more than an important resource. It's kind of like Leah was saying, it really does encompass almost everything that a community is and, and what it does. Talking about all these services and even in the face of the pandemic and, and shoestring budgets, obviously you're in this because you have a passion for it no matter what. So I'm wondering, what are some of the hopes, the vision that you all have for the impact that the library can have in the community, kind of regardless of the situation that we're finding ourselves in? I mean, my hope is that this is a way for us to unite. I feel like in a lot of ways, this has brought us back to basics. We're at home, we're cooking every night, we're spending time with family, we're in our community. I've talked to more of our neighbors because I've just simply had to get out of the house and push my son in his stroller for a walk. But I think that you're kind of getting back to basics. And for me, those basics were the library. And I, I hope that even as we return to some sort of new normalcy, that the library is an intricate part of bringing our community together right now. Yeah. Leah, what about you? So I think we've been very serious in this call. We're all amped up because it's budget season and we're very <laughs> excited. But, you know, I hope that we just get a lot of fun out of this, too. I think we've talked about a lot of the vital resources that the library provides, but they provide a lot of really light and fun programs. And one of the things that the Friends was really hoping to fund for the 2020 year, which now has taken a little bit of a back burner, was more adult programs that were educational and light or crafts or just like Kaylin said, like reasons to get together and have a nice time. So the library's got all of these amazing things locked down and we do help fund a lot of those vital programs. But we also want people to just have a nice time together in this community and really, again, Kaylin said, just unite and be one. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a lofty dream to think that everybody just be friends and come to the library. But we'd love to see that. And that's, you know, really what the friends is there for to hope to get people together. Yeah, that's beautiful. Michelle, what about you? Well, I definitely see the library playing an integral role in New Jersey's, as the governor says, the road back to economic recovery. And I think what I've learned this year is You know, that old saying, you know, life is what happens while you're busy making plans. Basically, we're going to have to continue to adapt to meet the needs of the community. What that will look like, whether it's online or in the library, will probably ebb and flow. If we see a second wave, we might have to go back online again. But the community is the driver. The community's needs are what dictates what the library services are going to be. But we try to identify what those needs are and then meet them where we are. That's such an amazing vision to have for a public library. You know, I think a lot of times folks kind of want to direct and control certain resources because they they can, they have access to them, but to have the community be the ones who really drive what they see is so much more important and impactful and and sustainable, right? Like those are the things, if the community keeps wanting those things and the library keeps providing them, 
there's no reason that anybody should ever worry that the library isn't going to have what they need and they're going to be able to see it as a place that they can constantly go to to have those issues addressed and to have those resources provided. So I think that that's a, a wonderful, wonderful vision that you're all sharing about the impact that the library can have. I know that my girlfriend did a, a program, I think it was an activity where she made wreath that you could make out of like old pieces of paper. Book wreaths. Yeah, yeah. And she hung it up in our house. It looks really nice. And she was so proud of it. Um, but she's been getting involved with more of those activities. And I think someone mentioned it earlier, like those are just the kind of things that help you kind of de-stress from a long week and you go on a Thursday and you do an activity at the library. And Leah touched on it a little bit, one of my last questions. What are some of the things that are coming up right now that people can look forward to? So this summer, we're going to be doing some story times in the park. We're going to bring the story time to six different city parks. We're partnering with Public Works to make sure that we can get to the park after it's been maintained and there's nothing else going on. So that way, people don't have to come to the library. They don't have to worry about coming inside and people can feel safe. And we're still providing that story time service to them. In addition, because we're going to be limited in what we can do inside the building as far as gatherings, so those kind of crafts, we're going to be doing a take and make, and we're basically going to pack up all the materials that you need to do a craft at home. People can come pick it up at our curbside window, and then we'll have online tutorials to do the craft at home. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. So that's just a couple things for the summer. And We'll do our annual summer reading challenge, which will be online. People are going to be able to earn virtual badges, and then they can also come and pick up a prize at our curbside window. This Mm -hmm. is something that the Friends fund every year, and it's really important as far as combating the summer slide, and Mm -hmm. now we're seeing the pandemic slide. So it's going to be more important than ever for this summer, I think. So Leah, I think it was you that mentioned this. There's a a program that you guys do called A Thousand Books Before Kindergarten. Can you tell me a little bit about that? That sounds really interesting. I would love for Michelle to speak on that because she (laughs) actually does the delivery of the program. So she will tell you much more. All right, Michelle, hit me. Well, what is great about the friends is that (laughs) I kind of come to them with a wish list. Mm. And I'm like, I want to do this. Can you help me fund it? So... I read a study that said that children who are read to before kindergarten learn on average of 1 million more words before kindergarten. So that is a huge gap. Mm. So we really want to encourage parents to read to your children before kindergarten. Don't Mm. wait until it's time for them to learn how to read. You can read to a child as soon as it's born. You can read to it while it's in your stomach they're going to start picking up that language and start noticing sight words. So that's just an initiative that we have. They get sticker and a bookmark for every 100 books that they read. And then at the end, they get a certificate. We move them up our, our bulletin board with a little star with their name on it so they can kind of see their progress and just nice. something really proud of to see. Yeah. Wow, that's really great. I wish somebody was reading to me while I was a kid, because I'm, I'm sure I would have learned a lot more words. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at you now with this podcast. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we're wrapping up, and I just want to get some closing thoughts from you all. Kaylin, we'll start with you. Just a kind of last word that you want to share with all of our listeners before we wrap up. 
Well, I think based on our, our previous meeting, look for us to have a lot more presence on social media. We're going to try to utilize our, you know, internet resources as much as possible to get the community together and joining friends and being a part of what's going on at the library. So we are looking forward to putting out some posts starting in July and, and moving on from there. Great. And we'll make sure we add that information to our, uh, our website and our Instagram. Leah, what about you? Well, I want to plug our section of the Woodbury Public Library website, which is the Support Us section, um, where you can see upcoming meeting times. There is a link to our square where you can make donations. You can see past programs that we've funded. And we do have an upcoming meeting in July. On the website right now, it says July 9th, but we're going to hold it on July 16th because there is a city council meeting the same week that's very crucial. So we're going to bump back a week. So we'll get that updated on the website. So Thursday, July 16th, it's going to be a Zoom meeting. And I'm sure we'll put that on our Facebook page. We have a Friends of the Woodbury Public Library Facebook group. So please join that and you can reach out to the library or woodburyfriends at gmail.com. If you can't figure out how to get connected to us, we're happy to add you to the list so you don't miss anything. And I just want to encourage a big discussion that we had right before this was for people to go to the city council meeting and get informed on what the budget looks like, not only for the library, but for the upcoming year. But especially if you utilize library services, please sign on to Zoom that evening and say some kind words about the library and make sure that they get all the funding that they deserve to provide these resources that I think we can't possibly stress enough how crucial they are to our community. Yeah, absolutely. Michelle, wrapping up with you. Well, I feel like Leah just stole what I was going to say. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that's okay. No, that's great. I was just going to tell people how they can get involved, how they can help. They can join the Friends of the Library, they can frequent the library, and they can go to their uh, city council meetings. Those are the top three things. Great. Well, I want to thank you all so much for joining me for this episode. And I, I do want to make sure that we get it on record. Thank you to Summer Smith as well for reaching out to me directly and asking to make sure that we got an episode done with the public library. So thank you, Summer. And thank you all again for all, for your time, for everything that you do for the city and for the community. Thank you, thank Jared. You. This is thank great. you so much for having us. Thank you so, so much again to Michelle, Leah, and Kaylin for sharing their thoughts, concerns, and most importantly, their hopes and vision about the Woodbury Public Library. You can find all of the information you need about the library and the friends of the library on our Instagram page, at Woodbury Voice. And if you can, just as a group encouraged and I'm encouraging now, please attend the next city council meeting and show your support for the library during budget discussions. They'll be meeting at City Hall, 33 Delaware Street, on Wednesday, July 8th, starting at 6.30 p.m. Times are tight for all of us, no doubt, including the city itself. But it's important that public and community spaces, like public libraries, don't lose out. These places are not only important for underserved communities, but they provide knowledge, information, and a safe and central place to gather, plus so much more. It's up to all of us to make sure it stays that way and continually improves. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.